Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. I'm getting ready to bring up the woman of God, but before I do, I want to share very quickly, if that's okay, just kind of how this happened and what brought this together. About 90 days ago, uh, we were getting ready to close out and dismiss a service here at Cornerstone, and as I, as I began to pray, the Lord totally just blasted me and gave me a vision, and this is all I saw. I'm going to do the best I can. You can believe what you want. I believe God speaks in many different ways. I believe he shows us different things. Come on. I, I, I don't know. All, I don't have all the answers, but I know, the, I know what I saw, and I want to apologize for that. Amen. So, so, as I, so I closed my eyes, and I just began to lift my hands to heaven, and immediately and I was in a vision. And this is what the Lord showed me. He showed me a picture of white and black, no color. He showed me a picture of a man with no face from shoulders up. That's all I saw. I saw nothing around him. And I, and I got on the phone with Pastor Tanya about a week later, and I said, Pastor Tanya, I believe you're supposed to corner the cornerstone. I believe that the Lord showed me the revival man is poking his head back up in the south again. But if we ever want to see and experience a true move of God, the body of Christ must unite. The, we know that the word already says, that it's one church, one, one act, one movement moving together. Not white, not black, not Hispanic, but it's one church together. And so I believe tonight that racial, that racial things are going to be broken in the name of Jesus. All kinds of stuff is about to be pulled down, for we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, blood but with spiritual principalities, and it's above our head. I believe that. The woman of God that I'm fixing to bring up tonight is dear to my heart. I've not known her that long, but it was an immediate connection when I locked eyes on her. She's a, she's a prophet not only to this region and this community, but she's a voice and a prophetic voice into the nations. I believe that. She's traveled all over the world. She's based out of Jacksonville, Florida. Will you, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, will you stand and give honor where honor is due and honor her laid down life and consecration to Pastor Tanya Hall. Come on, give it up. If you will keep standing just for a moment. Let's just lift our hands and, and just reverence him. The presence of the Lord is in this place. There's no way that we can declare blow and the Holy Spirit be not here. So he's here. Spirit, break out. Break our walls down. Break out. Break our walls down. Come on, lift your hands tonight. We are here and we are hungry and thirsty for you. God, not to build man a man's platform, but we humble ourselves in your presence, for we are thirsty for you. We are thirsty for you. We desire tonight to drink from a fountain that can never run dry. You said in your word, if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, that you would fill us tonight. Feel in this room tonight. Feel in this room tonight. Wake up hunger in this room tonight. We came to give you praise tonight. We came to give you glory tonight. I want you to do me a favor just while you're here. If you follow this prophetic instruction, just embrace as many people around you that you can. There's healing in the, in, in the embrace. Just embrace them. Embrace them. Praise the Lord. Before you be seated, would you do me a favor? I just believe in bestowing honor. I was just raised like that. Would you praise the Lord for Pastor John and Pastor Catherine? Would you do that for me? 
pass as a cornerstone. And all the elders here, and this guy has become so special to me, Pastor Stanton, and his new wife. Amen. Let's praise the Lord for them. Give me, give me her name. What's her name? What's her name? Her name. Abby, that's right. Praise the Lord for Abby. Amen. Mrs. Moore. Praise the Lord for my team. I have some sons and daughters in the midst tonight. Antonio, Jeremy, Tiana, amen, and Matthew and Toya and my children, Jasmine and Jadon. Praise God for all of you that came out on a Saturday night to hear a word from God. Amen. I'm, I've been in, in, in a 615 prayer Monday through Friday for seven weeks, going into our eighth week. So my voice is just a weary but my spirit is so hungry for him. And if we open up our spirits in a way tonight and our response to him is yes, there's going to be such a life-changing shift in this house that we will never be the same again. I want you to declare with me tonight, Lord, shift my life tonight. Come on, shift my life tonight. Align it with your purpose in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I'm on the flow in the anointing tonight. Just play a little bit. You may be seated in his presence. I, I believe in the prophetic anointing. I believe in sound teaching and revelation. If I can get a little more volume in my microphone, um, just so I, because I have services I want to minister on tomorrow. And yes, thank you. If you give me more volume, I probably like it a little louder. If you can tolerate that with me for a little bit. I just want to begin to prophetically speak and declare what the Lord showed me about coming here and praying here. I want to say this to you that any time that you put together a meeting like this in this region like this there's going to be warfare that exists there are going to be people that are under satanic influences that may resist it initially but, but god is raising up deliverers and raising up people that are going to shift it in this region even as i was driving into this area and i saw some of the signs that indicate some of the bondages in this area that god is using this church and is going to use this church as a lighthouse to liberate people that are bound you are sitting in the midst you are sitting in the midst of satanic alliances whenever this meeting was orchestrated the, the, the principalities that try to rule and reign over this region were disturbed and so I'm not moved by crowds I'm not moved by number of chairs that are empty I'm humbled because there are people in this room that are hungry for something from God can I find the people that are hungry for something from God I, I come from a church I come from an era an era where I don't require I can't I can preach without the amen the response is your yes to God it's your agreement with the word and there's so much power in agreement it was the it was the decision it was the vision of pastor Stanton to bring together uh, diversities of people and different races and different cultures that we will come under one sound and one voice and we will begin to worship him and you don't understand that racism not just racism but it's an ancient demonic spirit and a stronghold it is that and so whenever you decide that you're gonna you're gonna come after this it releases an energy and atmospheres not in this room but in atmospheres around it to try to seduce it and capture that spirit because it's so ancient because the devil even knows how strong we are when we come together and I believe that in this room tonight there are people that are unified in heart 
they're unified in spirit and that we are tearing down kingdoms and we are tapping dimensions that is disturbing ancient demonic forces and what the enemy did before we organized this meeting he will have no power or influence to do you need to understand tonight that we are taking territories and whenever you take a territory of a spirit that is ancient he will set out all stops to stop it but because we are here one place one sound one lord one faith god is shifting something in our atmosphere somebody shout shift tonight thank you son i want to say this to you i came tonight as your sister very humble to be here very honored that you would respect the integrity of Stanton and his prayer life because you all have never met me before many of you have never seen me before but I know that God purposed us to come together and that's why I want you to be encouraged that when you put together meetings like this you be encouraged that you're going to be fought because there are, there are demonic principalities that want to occupy your territory they want to occupy your space they want to keep people in a place of bondage I want to submit to you tonight that the only bondage that can ever hold a believer hostage is ignorance. Ignorance is the biggest mountain that we must come against. And what do I mean when I say that? You have people that have levels of degrees in intelligence. But they have a minuscule amount of spiritual intelligence. And so because they don't understand their identity in God, we seek out significance in the affirmations of other people. And so we get into wrong relationships. We connect ourselves to wrong alliances because we're seeking some sort of affirmation that we were given in our humanity. We were given, but that was the purpose of creation, to seek after God and so because so many substitutes have sat in the seat in your life other than God when you come into a room like this or you deal with situations you see affirmations it could be in a boyfriend or girlfriend it could be in a husband or wife and the only person can, that can ever sit on that seat and bring you fulfillment is God and so we spend hours in worship pastors prepare hours in to prepare study and preaching and we'll come to church and we'll go home and be offended because someone didn't speak to us without even wanting God's presence see this service is not about you or me it's about a group of people that come together on the one sound on the one voice and we are seeking and hungry for an encounter with God and I believe tonight that there is an encounter that we're going to experience that will be like none other oh Jesus tonight tonight you said passion you said presence you said pursuit I want to say to you tonight that I'm gonna minister and I'm gonna flow prophetically before I do I was I was I was standing in and pastor if I can be very humble I don't know if you have some challenges with your neck or not but I saw in the spirit of healing coming in that area I don't know if there is stiffness there or there is pain or there is even resistance that you may face in what the, the vision that God has given you but there is another level I saw you stepping to a higher level meaning this a higher level in the spirit that your platform is changing that 
your, 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 your territory of influence is shifting, that your voice is spreading and the dimension of Cornerstone is expanding. And even though it doesn't look like it in this room, there will be services among services where the healing anointing will flow because God is sending a stir in this place. I saw in the spirit that this place was on fire like a burning bush. Whenever Moses had the experience, he had turned himself aside to seek God. You need to understand this. Many of us are looking for a fire, but we don't have any seek. The wood on the fire that causes something to take place in your life is the seek. It's the search for that presence, for that moment, for that encounter with God. And God said to me tonight, this is wood on the fire. Because these are people that are inconvenienced on a Saturday night to turn aside to seek God. And God said, I shall light a fire in this place. Thank you, Jesus. The worship leader, when you were preaching, there's a healing of congestion that often happens, even sinus drainage that takes place in your body and affects you in your life there is a healing that's taking place in you just lift your hands right there because God is doing something even in you even in your diet that's going to support the miracles of God in your life and God is also breaking up the battle sometimes that you feel with the pressure being upon you to lead the people to a place that it seems like they don't want to go it is not our pressure to perform it is our pleasure to worship and when worship becomes a pleasure I break that depression that tries to visit you even before worship and the healing anointing is before fresh on you tonight for you are whom I've chosen because there have been so many times you feel so unworthy to be standing there and you apologize inside yourself for so much because you look at others and you compare yourselves to how that worship flows and you seek something that you don't need to seek for God says you are whom I've chosen and so tonight God is healing you even in a place that you missed in childhood where there was a lack of affirmation I'm not criticizing your parents but there was a search on the inside of you for some affirmation and so tonight I saw while you were praising I saw that humble little boy that was just wanting to please God and wanting God to be pleased and tonight the Lord says to say to you I am pleased that you are whom I have chosen and even this place these chest pains and this area sometimes that ache and hurt you God is healing you tonight can I get somebody just to worship him can I get somebody just to worship him just worship him just worship him this ministry tonight is not something we have to be intimidated by but be hungry for it I don't know about y'all but I'm hungry for it I see an area the prophetic anointing is here I see an area in the lungs somebody's having problems in the lung area in the lungs is breathing if it is a problem in the lungs where are you where are you I want to pray for you in the lungs I see that I see that I don't want you to be afraid if I call you up I promise you I'm not spooky 
promise you, but I feel the healing anointing that's in this place tonight. And you came in here. If there's a problem, there's a congestion or something in your lungs where there's a cough. Yes, even a cough that happens. A cough that happens. And it's not, you thought it was a cold. It's not a cold. But there's a challenge in the lungs. Where are you? Where are you? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to move on. I was in a service. I was in a service, Pastor Stanton, and I called out lumps. It was lumps in the breast, lumps in the breast. And I called out lumps in the breast. And I began to pray for people, and I asked them to touch the place where the lumps were. And the lumps moved. They moved. They were gone. But God healed them. And I had a person, because she was afraid of people seeing her or whatever, she was afraid to, to be publicly said. She wanted me to come out and pray much longer after the service was over and I was changing clothes, she wanted me to come out and pray. And the anointing for that had lifted up off of me. I certainly prayed for her. But in that moment under the prophetic instruction, there was a time when that window was open for it. Let tonight there be no pride in this room. You don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed about anything. When Jesus shows up in a room, he shows up to answer every need. Let me find somebody that needs this. He shows up, whether I call it out through a word of knowledge or not, he shows up to answer every need. And I believe that this service has been prepared for needs to be answered. See, I didn't come to a crowded room. I came to a hunger. And if it's just me and you hungry tonight, he promised me to, to be publicly said. She wanted me to come out and pray much longer after the service was over and I was changing clothes she wanted me to come out and pray and the anointing for that had lifted up off of me I certainly prayed for her but in that moment under the prophetic instruction there was a time when that window was open for it let tonight there be no pride in this room you don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed about anything when Jesus shows up in a room he shows up to answer every need let me find somebody that needs this. He shows up, whether I call it out through a word of knowledge or not, he shows up to answer every need. And I believe that this service has been prepared for needs to be answered. See, I didn't come to a crowded room. I came to a hunger. And if it's just me and you hungry tonight, he promised to meet us here. Who's hungry for it tonight? Who's hungry for it tonight? I'm hungry for it tonight. That person, if that's that congestion, if that's you, I want to pray for you. I'm going to keep moving, praise God. I'm going to give you what the Lord gave me to give you. Then I'm going to move forward. Tonight, I want to talk to you about some things that are happening in our world and what we need to understand and discern and begin to see. First of all, we can look at the storms that have taken place. We look at the contention that is in the world that's happening, thank you son, that's happening among our races, that's happening even in our countries. We look at the challenges in North Korea. And as a prophet, we're supposed to discern the times like Issachar to declare what in the world is happening so we'll know what this means for believers. Let me explain something to you. The carnal mind cannot receive the things of God. Carnality doesn't mean uh, just in the way we dress. Carnality is when I do it or I think of it outside of the will and word of God. And so when we do things and we think things and we think strategies and we form ideologies outside of the word of God, then we're going to miss the timing and the revival and the awakening that's taking place. There's already been a prayer and a stir for revival, but revival was quenched because people started to perform a revival and start to take the credit and take God's glory. So revival was in the atmosphere, but we did not recognize it to be revival because we controlled it. 
whenever revival happens it's supposed to resurrect and wake up places that are in stir places and it's supposed to go to the restitutes that means revival goes to where the darkness is to where sinners are so we're not praying for revival because God has visited upon us with revival what we need is an awakening and so when you see calamity that will take place in the world when you see storms when you see peril what the enemy does is ride off the spirit of fear to interject fear because he wants to prevent something in his infancy this is not the first time if you read the bible that we have ever seen all kinds of calamities that will take place this is not the first time that we've seen massive killings and massive bondage this is not the first time that believers and pastors and leaders have rent their clothes I want to put the microphones down. Whenever you see this happening, God is all the while strategizing. He's raising up deliverers. He's raising up believers. He's starting something in churches that have not been started for a long time. So see, the enemy wants to confuse us. And the times are getting bad. But don't think that the devil is in control. There is an arising and awakening that's taking place in the body of Christ that will not be the masses. This is the remnant of believers that decide that we won't take no for an answer that we won't settle for what God did not say that we won't accept mere circumstances so there is awakening that's taking place and so there are going to be meetings like this where people come together so God can wake up the thing in you that's been dormant so God can wake up the hunger in you that has been uh, uh, quenched so God can put your diet on the right track again so you can, can become thirsty I can testify this uh, Pastor Bagley because I remember going through the motions of church I love God I remember doing just what I did in my routine of prayer but there was no passion like I used to have there was no intensity of the presence there was no pursuit that was necessary for the next level see in order for us to shift we're going to have to feed to a higher level and to feed to a higher level is going to mean that my sacrifice is going to change that means that I'm going to have to be willing to be inconvenienced in what I value I value time I value relationships. I value my finances. But when God gets ready to shift a region, when God gets ready to change an atmosphere, he will always require a people to turn aside and put a deeper investment in their relationship with him. And so I'm in this room tonight because it is cornerstones time and the people in this room to turn aside to begin to seek God now your word you gave was passion many people think passion they think they think love they think the expression of love they think the expression of energy let me say this tonight that love that kind of love is a love that is willing to suffer because if you look up the word passions pathos pathos it means to suffer that's why we can talk about the passion of the Christ when you see the passion of the Christ notice they don't show us Jesus touching the children they don't show us in the passion of the Christ they don't show Jesus sitting and dining and laughing and fellowshipping the most of the majority of the film shows Jesus in a suffering place him giving himself to birth out the church now whenever we talk about passion it is how much are you willing to suffer in your individual lives so something great can be birthed so some soul can be saved so some light can go into darkness God is looking for people to start a passion where I'm willing to lay a sacrifice of me to reach you 
And so tonight, I want to talk to you about first, God said this, you must be unbridled in your passion. That means there must be a willingness in you to go the distance to see the help of somebody else. It is prophesied in churches all over America in different regions that we enter into October that this is a season of harvest. They have fall festivals, fall festivals, they have harvest time, they have all these things that come together. And watch this, it's a gathering, it's a changing of seasons. Also at October, as we've in Yom Kippur and the Feast of Tabernacles in October, there's also a stirring of demonic spirits because we have Halloween, we have Hallows Eve. We have the demons now that are gathering together in a fellowship. Where in harvest time, we must be strategic in our prayers. Many people want to collect in harvest. Because harvest means uh, that the goods are there. But any time that Jesus spoke of the harvest, he spoke of souls. He spoke of he, he, he spoke of souls. He spoke of people that would need to be saved. And what he said was, we need to pray to the Lord of the harvest because we need laborers. Because this is a season where everybody is experiencing calamity. Everybody is battling fear. But there are no laborers for Christ that's going to tell a dying world that Jesus still saves. Oh Lord Jesus. That Jesus still saves, that he still heals, that he still delivers. So God said the first thing to tell the people tonight prophetically is we must be unbridled in our passion. That means there must be a willingness, not just an obedience, but a willingness in us now to go the distance to be a laborer in the harvest. So we have the cold meetings like this that are meetings of inconvenience. Cold meetings like this that are not on the regular schedule. Some of us are too scheduled that we have programmed God out of it. Could God call a Macedonian call? Could he call a clarion call? Could he call a prayer meeting? Whenever Jehoshaphat called the people together, it wasn't their regular meeting. When Jehoshaphat called the people together, it wasn't on the schedule. Jehoshaphat discerned the danger that was impeding and that was coming and what he said was we need to come together everybody so we can pray because this is what we need from God we need a new set of instructions for this new set of demonic spirits that have surfaced God is sending me into places to wake people up people's hearing up to understand that it's time for you to get a set of instructions for this next level of trials for this next level of testings we need a strategy we have gotten so mundane and so religious and I do this but what is the thing that God has said to you that is aligned with the time that you are in let me explain to you what it means there was a season in my life I got up at 5 a.m. in the morning and I prayed for months I prayed for months at 5 a.m. I prayed for months then there came a time that the grace for the prayer that means the pull on it it lifted off of me watch this and so for a season I didn't pray at 5 a.m. Watch this. And then I didn't discipline that time to give God the same intensity of that investment. So I lost my passion. So I was in religion. I did it out of duty. But the passion that was there was not there because I didn't labor in prayer. When you labor in prayer, you don't understand this. God shifts your life. Let me give you a Bible. The Bible talks about when Jesus was in chapter, and when Luke writes about it all the time, how Jesus was born and then he began to increase in wisdom and all that he did, all this. But in Luke chapter 3, Jesus goes into 40 days of consecration and fasting. He goes into isolation. 
Here's the one thing that people need to understand that the church should be coming out of this place now is that we are missing that moment of isolation. Jesus goes in isolation. Moses was in isolation for 40 years. Jesus for 40 days. He goes in isolation and then you open up Luke chapter 4 and it says and Jesus returns from the wilderness from testing from fasting watch this full of the power and the Holy Ghost. You have people now that have the presence of God, but they're not full of the spirit of God. They're full of social media. They're full of depression. And what happens with those things is they quench the hunger for the reality of who God is. Am I teaching to anybody? And so we miss the reality of who God is and we reduce him to a building, to a set of believers, to leaders that are positionally in place. And so we become attached to the building we become attached to the core curriculums and we lose sight of where the cloud is and so now people have confused the cloud of God with the crowd of people and so they think that God is in massive mega churches no God is sitting in the hunger of people that desire in the midst of stuff people that don't know about know anything about that they want an encounter with God tonight we came for an encounter with God somebody's hearing is being healed tonight there's a ringing that's been taking place in your ears this 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 kind of setting you off there's a ringing like something is in your ear and God is healing that tonight in Jesus name say it is so and so we must be unbridled in our passion there must be a place in you that turns aside to seek God a place in you that is so hungry for God you're willing to suffer the severing of relationships to get him we have been so controlled by our vulnerabilities. And that's why whenever God brings a transition in any believer's life that he's going to do something major, the first thing he says and he utters is, don't be scared. He utters and he speaks to your courage because fear incubates our emotions. And passion is expressed in our emotions. And that's why passion can turn to anger. It can turn to uh, insanity because we desire something so intense. So God says this now, don't be afraid because if you interject fear, it's going to conflict your faith and stagger your steps. So to be unbridled in your passion, that must be a confidence and a resilience that you resist the spirit of fear. And you can only do that by understanding your identity in God. And so what the enemy does is he causes you to miss out on times of experience to understand your identity because he brings because the new devil, listen, the new devil is not somebody walking in here with a short dress and lipstick trying to entice with lust. No, the new devil is a spirit of deception and distraction. And the enemy loves and does that. The age of electronics should benefit us, but it's such a distraction because we can't wake up and go to the bathroom without checking our notifications. We are so overwhelmed when we get so many likes. Everything is Instagram, Insta life. Pay attention to self, reflect on self, do this because it is deception that will take us out of God and it exposes your nakedness. And so when God's presence wounds you, you don't answer because you feel exposed. Adam, where are you? That was the first prayer meeting. He didn't show up. He said, I didn't come because I was naked, which means Adam paid more attention to himself than he did God. And because he paid more attention to himself than he did God, he sought to be covered by somebody else other than God. Oh, I'm preaching real good tonight. 
Say, I must be unbridled in my passion. The next thing I want to give you, are you listening to me tonight? The next thing I'm going to give you, hallelujah, Jesus. Somebody's being healed of a throat infection. If when I'm preaching, I'm, I'm speaking and prophetically because I don't want you to hinder the healing anointing in this place. If that's you, just stand up and receive it because it's in here. It's in the room tonight. It's in the room tonight. Yes, it's in the room tonight. Lift your hands and receive that. See, listen, we've made it be so easy. I don't have to touch you. The Holy Spirit, it, when, when faith is in the room and it meets that place in the word and you can sit in your seat and I can never call it out and it will shift your very life somebody here tonight you are you are in between decisions and you're contemplating and negotiating a contract and you don't have all the answers necessary because whatever the negotiation is it's major and it's big and God said go for the smaller because the smaller is going to launch you something greater don't be tricked by what people fan in your face your gut is telling you right go for the smaller and see, that's an odd prophecy because most people tell you go for bigger. Thank you. Number two, you must be unquenchable. You must have an unquenchable thirst for God's presence. An unquenchable thirst for God's presence. Many people don't recognize God's presence. The Bible says that because Cain would not comply, that God removed Cain from his presence. You need to hear me. You need to hear me because here's the thing. When Cain had the opportunity, he did not maximize. When Cain was given, because he said to Cain, why are you so disgruntled? When Cain brought his offering, I'm not talking about money. Listen, he was talking about his treasure. See, his offering and his treasure was what he thought of God. It was the way he honored him. And because Cain dishonored God to the level that who God was, God cast Cain from his presence. Because Satan came in, mm -hmm. the Bible says this, he said, Cain, if you do well, won't I honor you? But if you don't, the devil crouches at your door to launch inside of you because you give something else honor over me. What commands God's presence much more than we ever realize? It's not the best song or the best singer. It is the greatest amount of honor. See, worship is a representation of my honor. That's why you can't come in here and sit down while we worship. I, the worship team cannot worship for you and communicate your honor to God you must join them and be led into worship because God's presence comes to where he honor I inhabit the praises of my people how you honor me worship is not a song it's expression of song worship is the value you give God that you don't allow anything or anybody to interrupt that value don't let them take you out of church don't let them interrupt your course this is God's moment and God comes to where he is honored he said to Cain because you won't honor me the Bible says he banished Cain from his presence how many people have a spirit of Cain because they refused to honor him when they had the opportunity you don't understand this he says let everything David said this that hath breath praise the Lord that means that we were created to give him honor and when any any believer any creature gets out of that perspective of honesty honor is not just when I'm in church I honor God with my language I don't curse I don't speak profane I honor God with my body my lifestyle God says the more you honor me the more you receive of me because God watches he blesses he says let the people praise thee O God let all the people praise thee then shall the earth yield her increase and God even our own God shall bless us because we honor him I honor him in secret 
See, my, my, my public worship is a display of my private relationship. Because I honor him. So he said this, your thirst to honor me, your thirst for my presence must be unquenchable. What have you allowed to get into God's place in your life that it quenched your hunger for him? Here's the things that, 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 that are kryptonites for us that will quench our hunger for him. Pride is a thirst quencher. When you try to think it your own way and you think you deserve so much and you think you this and you think you that and watch this and pride is just a casing for fear and intimidation. It's a casing for people who do not understand their identity. People do not understand that they are children of God and so they have to use pride to protect their vulnerability. It's not where we should we should curse them, we should pray for them and bear their infirmity because proud people have blurred vision. And a person with that vision has no direction. Yes, ma'am. No direction. I break and curse the spirit of suicide. There's a woman in this room because of the molestation that you suffered as a child. Even in this age of maturity you are now, the spirit of suicide is visiting you. I curse it. In the name of Jesus, and I speak life right now. In Jesus' name. I have prayed and asked the Lord to sensitize my ears to hear. Because I'm going to obey what he says. Because I honor him. I honor him with my prayer life. I honor him with the way I give. I honor him with the way I carry myself. God comes and inhabits a place of honor. Let me give you scripture. Let me give you scripture. Uh, you can read it in Judges, but I want you to go home and read about Obed-Eden. You remember when David wanted to take the Ark of the Covenant, he missed the presence. So he went to get the Ark of the Covenant to take it to the, to, to the palace. He wanted to get it. He wanted to carry it because David remembered how it was. So he wanted to carry that Ark of the Covenant. And remember, it was in us house y'all remember that it was an other's house and so when, when other had had it for a while so when they gathered the ark together they put it on an oxen listen the ark if you ever read any instructions it was never supposed to be on an animal it was supposed to be on the shoulders of the priest but they had on the oxen the bible says that other's son because it started to rock while they were carrying it other's son reached out to steady it and he dishonored he disrespected the order he did not respect the presence of god he should have never touched it and the bible says he fell dead well then watch this because of that David saw that and David would not take the ark to his house he wouldn't take it to the palace and so Obed-Eden kept the ark in his house and he honored God's presence and the Bible says that the three months that the ark was in Obed-Eden house it changed his family forever that everybody in his legacy and his lineage was blessed that's why you got to have an unquenchable thirst for God's presence because when that happens you experience fullness do you not know that God's getting ready to bless some small areas with great influence? I never prayed to the Lord to give me a mega church. That's so much responsibility. What I prayed to the Lord was for mega influence. I prayed to the Lord for mega influence because I realized Jesus went places that he didn't reach everybody. But his influence was so great that people traveled for miles around. That listen, that Jairus would come somewhere for his sick baby that was dying because Jesus carried the influence. You need to understand that when you are carrying the presence of God, whether it is mega, it is not always registered in mega. It is registered in the access of influence. You can command kings. You can sit and demand and speak to governmental regions. 
angels and they will obey that authority why because the presence of God is with you let me give you Bible Joseph had to go through his process because God was emerging a leader let me give you this so you understand this every major leader was a mediocre person that came out of hiding Moses was born a slave Though he was trained in Egypt, he was Yoshebed's son, but they tried to abort and kill that she hid because she looked on him and saw something in him. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born priestly. He was an ordinary person that had an extraordinary call on his life. There are ordinary people that are sitting in this room that have an extraordinary call on your life, but you have a process. Joseph was born watch this in the midst of his father having women around him his mother could not nurture his growth so Joseph was highly misunderstood because he, he, he talked to himself he was all in his visions and people criticized this and say he thought he was arrogant no he had no affirmation his mother never nurtured him he was rocked between a concubines and a mother's a aunt that was Leah who was, not, who was not his mother's favorite who did not really choose her um, Rachel's children over his so all he had was some affirmation from his father other. And so watch this. He doesn't know how to relate to his relatives. He's the oddball. He's the misfit. And so what happens? They plot to get rid of him. But here's what the Bible says. At every moment in his life, the Lord is with him. He has the presence. Some of you are in pit experiences. Some of you are in bondage experiences. But here's what I need you to understand. When you honor him, the Lord is with you because he has a route that we don't understand God told me to say this to somebody that needs to hear this he's not emotional he's not moved by your tears he's touched but he's not moved he's intentional God goes to the end of the thing and you may cry all the way through but God's going to get you to where you're supposed to go I never wanted to go through the pains that I went through in my life. And if I had time tonight to tell you the stuff I've been through, but I understood this now. I, I, I looked up through the pain and said, Lord, where are you? Where are you? And didn't realize that it was him that was carrying me until I understood when my, when my purpose was more clearly defined that I would travel the nations, that I would teach school for seven years, that I would travel the nations serving and giving and touching, then coming back to pastor and minister healing to my children because of the devastation that we went through. Watch this. Then I understood every tear I cried that's why on the other side of it Joseph said it was good that I was afflicted some of your trials are for good it was good because you never found God I never knew how to pray until I hit the bottom somebody help me tonight there's a thing that loneliness can do that will usher you and lure you into a presence of God that will give you the kind of encounters that's why some of y'all you are so afraid to be by yourself and so afraid to be alone and you don't understand God is all the while Abraham trying to get you by himself so God will let this relationship destroy he will cause you to go through this triangle he will allow you to go through this place the whole while he is wooing you into his presence and until the Uzziahs of your life are able to be considered dead to your life and God is able to speak to you you never get the full prophecy until you have the full attention and sometimes pain gets your attention we need the presence. Oh, Jesus. We need the presence. I came in this room tonight and I feel the presence of God. I feel the wind blowing of God. But I don't want you to get comfortable in what you have seen. Because that's a settling. 
You're going to sabotage. God called this ministry to be diverse. God called this ministry to go into the poor places, go into the low places where Lodabar is, where there is no presence of God, and take the ministry of love because, see, love has no color. It has no color. Pain, pain has no color. And you must take love and it must cover the pain. I'm waiting on somebody to stand up for the nation and apologize and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God, that we let you down. I'm sorry that you're broken and you're hurting. I was talking to one of my sons last night, and he was texting me, and he was saying to me everything that had hurt him. And there were, he, he had such severe church hurt, and it was wrong. And I guess he wanted my response to be, you know what? God's going to get him. He's going to judge him. And the Lord told me to tell him this. I said, son, forgive them. Forgive them because the biggest thing that will kill division is forgiveness. Oh, Lord Jesus. The biggest thing that will bring people back together is forgiveness. The strongest force in the universe is love. But oftentimes we can't love until we forgive. And in forgiveness, see, you got to be careful with it because forgiveness takes you out of a prison. And sometimes it feels that you exonerated the, exonerated the person that did it. But you don't understand. We are dealing with a spirit of necromancy that we keep attaching ourselves to dead things. So the thing that happened to me 20 years ago has decomposed in me. So I'm contaminated in my thoughts, in my relationships. I can't have anything right because I refuse to let what die be dead. It is over. It is over. It is over. And if you keep revisiting this, if you keep revisiting this, what you do is you keep raising the dead. And the only thing that you know about the dead is that it stinks and is rotten and there is no life in it. So you can't keep going back to that stuff that hurt you because it is the past. And the Bible says this, you got to reckon it dead. Anytime you give life to it, you give it power. You give it power. So you have the walking dead controlling your life like a puppet master. Okay. Lastly, lastly, are y'all receiving this tonight? Lastly, lastly, two, three things he gave me. The first thing was what? Be unbridled in your passion. Your passion, your willingness to suffer for the cause of Christ. Your willingness to be inconvenienced for the cause of Christ. To let somebody use your church. To let somebody use your building. To let somebody use this. Your willingness to go after souls. You must be unbridled in your passion. That means your intensity cannot be inconsistent. The problem is when people have a good meeting, a good church meeting, then they get all hot and on fire, but they don't maintain the fire. It is not starting the fire. It's keeping it going that we have the problem. It's not, and you know what? Because you know what? We're trying to do something different that we did when we started. See, what I don't understand is, if this worked for me, why am I changing what, was, what, what, what got me here? That's what happened to a lot of preachers. Listen to me, son. Happens to a lot of preachers. They prayed and they fasted and they consecrated. They went on days of laying before God and spending time reading Revelation, going after a place and they were hungry for it. And when they got it, they didn't maintain it. It became them. They owned it. They, they, they took the glory. And so they lost their hunger. Then they lost their passion. Then they wondered why nobody would call them. So then they start functioning off gifts, which is witchcraft. So they use this as a form of control. Because anytime anybody controls the presence of God as to how they're going to release it, 
because of their own arrogance that is witchcraft and demonic activity. That's why Paul and them had to cast out that spirit because that wasn't of God. It was a great gift. And so what happens, people don't know that. So they'll follow after people that can call their names and call their addresses. They'll follow after people that give strong, strong prophetic anointings and words of knowledge because you need a prophet to confirm that you that you're saved. When God says, I've been trying to tell you all the time, but you're chasing a person or a personality, but you don't really know me. Are y'all listening to me tonight? So prophetically, you got to have unbridled passion. Number two, you must have an unquenchable thirst for God's presence. I need it. That means that I may have to cry and struggle with being by myself, but I need to hear from God. Here's some mistakes we sometimes make as parents. We want to present an atmosphere that's always good for our children so we don't teach them how to be strong. We don't. Because we refuse to allow them to work through their relationship with God so he can establish a force in them. You don't raise your children to stay your baby. You raise your children to become soldiers. When I went to Kenya, when I went to Kenya, there were so many young uh, uh, children, young boys. This amazed me. They were young. They were small, but they were young. So many young boys that were being doing manly things. They were just working hard in the force. I saw this. I saw this. And so my, 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 my tour guide, I asked her, I said, I mean, are y'all in child labor? Do y'all do child labor? She said, see, America raises their children to play Xbox and play PlayStation and have uh, uh, fallacies of different realities and scenarios that are unrealistic. We raise our children to understand because of the lifespan of us as Kenyans, we may die before they turn 30, so we raise them to be adults. I had to go back and rework that with my children because for me, they always was going to be my babies. And I realized I crippled them and gave them a crutch Instead of giving them my Christ. <sighs> Thirdly and lastly, you must have relentless pursuit. Relentless. Listen to that word. Not just pursuit. It must be relentless. That means this hurdles are going to come your way, Stanton. But you must be relentless in your pursuit. You must be so confident that you chase God. You must be like Jacob. You must wrestle with him until he changes you and changes your identity, not for him, but for you. In the wrestle and the tug of war with Jacob and the angel, the, uh, the angel understood who Jacob was. Jacob didn't understand who he was. Jacob had a legacy. He had a blessing way back from his great grandfather from excuse me from his grandfather to his father that these will be people that the blessing would be on you but he was so mistaken in his identity because he was hung up in his own issues and his past so his past paralyzed his potential and so he struggled with who he was in his past instead of who he was in his potential listen you will never discover your potential without your pursuit you will never discover your potential without your pursuit. If you don't chase God, you won't discover your potential. You'll be stuck in your past. And so what you'll do is keep reliving the good times. Keep mourning the, the, celebra the, the, the old celebrations and then you won't feel affirmed. But if you are in your pursuit, you're going to discover that God has so much more for you. Can I give you text and then I'm finished. 
I preached about Caleb's daughter, Aska. Caleb's daughter, the Bible says this. I don't know if you ever read this. That Caleb had three sons and a daughter. He was crazy about her. And when it was time for them to cross over and he was going to get his inheritance, he was now in his 80s and he says, Joshua, give me what Moses promised me. And he said this. Now, one of the territories that I have, whoever, whatever one of my soldiers, and they would conquer this territory, she's going to get me, he's going to get my daughter's hand in marriage. Okay, so the, the, the Othanel, Othanel wanted, conquered it, and he got Aska in marriage. And so he gives her a dowry because she was married so you know as was customary that like we see some some fathers give uh, uh, houses some give property he gives us this land but the land he gives her is dry so Aska is a female she's not a son she's a female she's a daughter so she doesn't have a right according to that custom to ask her father to give her something else she doesn't have a right according to custom according to the rituals of that society she doesn't have a placement so she says to Othanel um, go talk to daddy let me translate go talk to daddy because we need something we can work in this area but this is not going to produce what I believe that will produce without us getting something else but Aska had the pursuit of her father from her pursuit and her relationship of being 40 years of being a desert baby she had favor with her father see there's something that you build when you're in the desert there's a closeness that happens because there's no distractions there are no conveniences it's desert so she knew her father had inheritance so she asked him the bible says because her husband was a little timid he didn't have the same relationship she gets on her donkey and she comes up to where caleb is and she slides off the donkey and before she can ask he asks her what does she want now notice this had she never pursued him she never would have got more because she pursued him she didn't even have to ask oh lord let me find somebody that want to hear this because she pursued him she did not have to ask because as she was getting off the donkey because she was honoring him because getting off the donkey was a position of honor he said this what do you want so she asked she said will you give me a spring because the, the area you gave us is desert so the bible says that not only does he give her a spring he gives her a high one and a low one he gives her one that will run during the seasons then he gives us a reservoir in case this run out I'm going to give you something extra whenever you pursue God you discover your potential and God gives you something that you didn't even ask for you live the Ephesians 3.20 where God does exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think because she pursued favor he said you must be relentless in your pursuit I came here tonight on a prophetic assignment. I came here tonight not to perform for you. I came here tonight not to impress anybody. I came as a humble servant to tell you that you're in a moment that you must seize an opportunity. That you're in a moment that you must capitalize. I see what the enemy wanted to do is say, well, people are tired. They don't come out on Saturday. The enemy wanted this, uh, you to be discouraged with all kinds of thoughts in your head. The enemy wanted things to happen because any time that you ever going to be something in God, he always tries to get it before you can conceptualize it in your spirit. He always tries to take it before you become impregnated with it. Or he kills the baby before it can be formed. Look at when Jesus, Herod, sends out to kill all the babies. Let's get ahead of him. The devil always tries to get ahead of your productivity. He always tries to play sabotage. But the Bible says in Micah 2.18 that the breaker has gone before you. 
That means that God had already went ahead of this whole service. He already set us up to be in this place to give us a divine encounter that every answer God said prophetically will be answered. Every need he said would be met, but we didn't need a crowd to do it. We needed obedience. And one man's obedience can change a generation. One man's obedience. So I want you to know tonight that God is pleased with the shifting that's taking place. And there's a revival fire that's in your belly. And I just came in this, in, in this place after seven weeks of prayer to breathe a release in this house for y'all to go get it. It's time for you to take this people and take them across Jordan. It's time for the shoulders of the, for the, for the presence of God to rest upon the shoulders of the people. It is time for us to get revived and wake up the dormant place. There are giftings in this room. There's entrepreneurial giftings. There are healing anointings. There are intercessors that are in this room that God sent me in here to shake you and tell you to wake up. Because this is a moment to take this territory. I'm closing with this. This is a moment to take this territory. You need to understand this. As you cross over into a different birthday, there's a new glory that's resting upon you. Watch this. Listen to me carefully. There's a glory that's resting upon you that you must press in in prayer. Why? Because the prestige that comes along with grace and favor is a kryptonite to people that were not affirmed, especially by their fathers. People who are not affirmed in their broken places. You got to be careful that whenever God exposes you to a different level of grace, that you kill the spirit of prestige. Don't let the people make you important. You will lose your power. Always understand you are the vessel. And your responsibility is to prepare. He produces. And we spent more time preparing. There will be greater producing. You must understand this, that you have to come out of your vulnerabilities, that you have to straighten up your back, and you have to understand that God has a divine time. Don't conflict it with the comparison of other people in their time. In a relay, everybody doesn't run at the same time. You must be poised when it's your time, instead of being frustrated because you are not running. Lift your hands tonight. Come Holy Spirit. You are here tonight. Congestive heart failure being healed right now by the power of God. There's a man in this room. You've been experiencing numbness. Even some aching pain. You have not even shared that with your wife. Because you don't want to worry her. And the fear of heart attack is upon you. But I curse it, every citadel of wickedness and strategy of Satan, to abort the mission of God on your life be canceled in the name of Jesus. It is so. I speak over your heart that it will be renewed and refreshed like that of a healthy 20-year-old in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, tonight we repent for the wrong diet of spiritual discipline we repent for going after the snacks 
and not getting the meat of the word. We have tried to YouTube your presence instead of waiting in a solid room for you to speak. Tonight, do surgery in us. Do surgery in us and take out every lump, take out every mass that interrupts and has entangled our organs that we cannot pursue you. Restore passion tonight. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.